This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. I want to begin this morning, uh, if possible, um, just for you to think in your minds, uh, no, need to, uh, no need to give uh, a, an answer out loud, um, but what are you, what are you looking forward to? Have a think. Maybe you, uh, maybe you could ask somebody at the side of you um, what their ideas are, and you can pinch theirs. If, you, if you're short on ideas, if you're short on thoughts, what, what are you looking forward to? Ask your neighbour, you never know. They might share something that you'd be like, oh? Oh, probably not quite like that, but... What are we looking forward to? There's lots of things, isn't there, that, that, that come to mind. Lots of things that we think about, lots of things that we look forward to. And I guess if we're honest, if we had a little bit more time, we could probably all make a substantial list of things that we're looking forward to. Some of them short-term. I'm looking forward to lunch. If I'm brutally honest, even shorter-term than that, I'm looking forward to the cheese and crackers next door. Again, slight issue that I have. And then uh, maybe there's there's long-term things that we're looking forward to. Retirement. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Those those that are retired have just gone... (sighs) Yeah, uh, but, but there's all sorts of things that we look forward to. Um, and I guess, really, we're all wired exactly the same. We all have hopes and dreams and aspirations, even on the very smallest of levels. Uh, and I guess we could ask the question, well, is that wrong? Well, when you look at what the Word says and you look at how we're wired, it, it's absolutely not. It's not wrong to have hopes and dreams. It's not wrong to look forward to things. As long as, I guess, the desires are in the right and proper manner, but also more than that, that our focus doesn't change. And this is what we're, we're going to, um, I guess, just lay anchor and find out what the Lord's got to say to us. What do I mean by our focus doesn't change. We can look forward to so much, so many different desires, but, with an underline, but, it can never take God's place. It can never take God's place or our focus away from him. Now, you might um, be able to think of some things that you think, well, You know, they're different hopes, dreams, aspirations, desires that I have, things that I'm looking forward to, and that could never take the place of God. It's it's just not possible, because there are things like that in our lives. But there are also things that we can so long for, be so desperate for, that we give our all to. Um, And and it doesn't take long, does it, for our focus to shift off what the Word says uh, and what God says to us is important, and our focus changes onto something that isn't quite so important. So we're going to have to dig a little bit deeper and just find out, are our desires in the right place? Are we focused still on him? Jesus told the parable, didn't he, of the bigger barns. 
Um, I've got it here in the authorised. I haven't. Luke 12, 16 through 21 is where you'll find that. About the guy, the farmer, who decides that he's got so much that he's going to build a bigger barn to put all the muchness in. Is that a word? Probably not. But he's built, he's going to build a bigger barn. And, and God literally says to him, you fool. You're missing the point. You're pinning everything on something that's here today and gone tomorrow. And this reminds us then that our focus needs to be in the right place. But two, James says, and, and if you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Hebrews, but have a look at, um, at James chapter 4, verse 13 through 15. Um, he says this about, and it's titled in the NIV, which is helpful, um, boasting about tomorrow. He says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, James says, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. You see how the, the mindset has changed. The, the desire perhaps hasn't changed to go and do what you believe you need to do. But the focus is that God's in control. The focus is that if the Lord wills it, it'll happen, regardless of you or in spite of you and me. It, it'll happen. And the focus is very much, as James is telling us, don't say, oh, I've got this, I'm going to do this, I'm in control of this. Uh, well, because if we do that, our focus becomes about the wrong thing. And we're to stay focused on him and not lose perspective if the Lord wills. And this cluster of words, I guess, enables us to stay completely focused if the Lord wills. You may have heard me say it at the end of a sentence. Um, it's not something that I studied and went, that's a good thing to say. I have now. Um, but um, prior to that, it was just something that I guess our dad used, oh, does say. Um, you know, if the Lord wills, then... But when you look into that and you drill down into that, well, the truth is, if the Lord wills it, it will happen. If he doesn't, then we can hope for the wrong things. And this morning, um, if possible, being as I'm not preaching for a week or so, I want to share my favorite verses. Uh, and now, my favorite verses are in Genesis through to Revelation. Don't get me wrong. A few of you judged me instantly there. But um, I've got some verses in Hebrews that the Lord gave to me a few years ago and, and, and honestly blew my mind with them. Um, and and it, it's really verses that are relating to one man and his faith. Hebrews chapter 11. Um, and I'm just going to skip. I'm going to do verse 1, verse 2, verse 6, and then verse 8 through 10. I know that sounds random, but I want to focus specifically on this gentleman. Um, so let me just read this to you. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes from him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Abraham, 
When called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Faith, really simply, and I, I used to have a band, um, and it, it snapped, unfortunately, and I've never replaced it. But it was these verses, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And it was a constant reminder every day for me to go, faith is being sure of what I hope for and certain of what I do not see. Faith is this, I'm sure of my hope and I'm certain of what I can't see. I'm sure of my hope and I am certain of what I can't see. Now, when you put that into perspective, if you're absolutely sure, it doesn't falter. And if you are certain, then it's not going to change, is it? Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Firstly then, when we think of all our desires and the things that we're looking forward to, and just think back just a few moments ago, those things that we conjure to our minds, those things that we think about, and remember they're not wrong, That's, it's, it's not misplaced, it's the right thing, it's the right thing to think, and uh, to have desires and, um, and dreams and aspirations. But when we think of all those things, things that we're looking forward to, how many can we say allow us to tag sureness and certainty to them? Now think for a second. Those that are sharper than I will have got it already. Those that are on a similar level to me, we're going to need a minute. How many can we say allow us to tag sureness and certainty to them? And I guess you could think about the short term or the long term. Cheese and biscuits, they're only five minutes away. You're open. Can you be sure though? Hey. <laughs> But maybe even the things in the distance that we think, well, we're working towards this and we've been doing that for a while to get to that point, you know, and well, with, with I guess, some certainty, perhaps. You know, James has just told us that our lives are but a mist. And that's not to depress us. No, no, no. It's not to make us feel sad and think, but it is to remind us that our focus has to be in the right place because we're only here for a short time and we only have an opportunity for a very short time to share who we are and what the Lord has called us to. Um, Kevin mentioned this morning in his Breaking of Bread about it puts an emphasis that we have to do something, that we're called to live for Christ. And, and James is a book for that. If, if you want to take a beating, read James. Um, and, and, and he describes to us what it is to do and to be doers of the word, to live out the word that the Lord has called us to. So he's just told us that our life is but a mist. It's here, then gone. And, and, and remember then that none of our desires, um, the things that we're looking forward to um, outside of, of Christ, are certain and fixed and sure. There's only one absolute certainty and one absolute sureness. Is that a word? I'm going to make words up today. 
1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Um, have a look at this, and let's see what, see what this absolute is. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Don't go to John, that's the wrong direction. 1 John's this way, um, gets you towards Revelation. Um, we, must we must try and learn the books of the Bible together as a church. Uh, does everybody know them off by heart? Do some people know them off by heart? So if you don't know them off by heart, there is a song, and I'll share it with you. Not now. If the Lord wills, <laughs> that's what we'll do when, uh, when, we, when we return. Um, but just have a listen to this. 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Uh, and this is untranslatable, by the way. So what um, the scholars and the theologians have done is they've put the best words that they could find to work for this. But if you go back to the original and what the original means, this, this phrase here is untranslatable. Okay, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us? Untranslatable. So from the original to what we have before us this morning, it, 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 it is untranslatable. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. You know, those verses, and, and if you're a, an underliner or a highlighter, they're good ones. Because how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And, and because of that, because of what God has done for me through Christ, because of what Christ has done on the cross, as I've put my faith and my trust in him, I have a hope that is steadfast and sure. That I have a hope that isn't on bordering on, why well, I, I hope it'll happen, but no, it's an absolute. I, it's a sureness and a certainty that one day I will see my Savior face to face. And that's what I cling to. Now, there are lots of things that come into our life on the short term. I desire this. I'd like this. I want to do this. But all of these things have to be brought before the Lord. Lord, is this what you want? You see the difference in the mindset and the mentality that says, no, it's not what I want, but it's what the Lord wants. Lord, if you will, if this is what you want, Lord, then open the doors. Not I will pry that door open with a crowbar if it's the last thing I do. Now, you've never said that, just me. I'm really impatient. But you, you stand before the Lord and you say, Lord, if, if it's what you desire, if it's your will for my life, then Lord, open up the way. Because the only thing, Lord, that I can be sure of today, stood right here, is that if the Lord calls me home now, I will see my Savior face to face. I do not know, as a, as a, a young gentleman <laughs> who has put his faith and trust in the Lord, I do not know how I would possibly step out of these doors without that assurance and hope and certainty. 
Because life, as we've heard, is fragile. And to put that into perspective, because the Lord is good, I'm going to get on a big tin aeroplane tomorrow. And I said to Alice, the Ryanair have got 82% safety record. It's better than that. <laughs> but, but the truth is that we, we don't know what tomorrow brings. But I do. Because it doesn't matter what tomorrow brings, because my salvation is secure in him. My hope is secure because the Bible tells me that if I am not here, absent from this means at home with the Lord. Absent from this means at home with the Lord. So I can rest in that, not in the sense that oh, I can just, you know, go at life as though nothing matters, because that's not what we're told to do, but to stand firm in the fact that everything that we do, we put before the Lord. Lord, if you will, then that's what will happen. Lord, if you call me home now, then so be it. My work here is done. That's the, the mentality that we're being told to have all through the New Testament um, as, the, as the apostles write to us. They, they tell us that this is what we're to do. This is how we're to live. And that's so easy to say and so easy to have in mind, but it's so much more difficult to live. And don't think I stand here going, got this. Not at all. In fact, completely opposite. So often I go into things so headstrong that I think I this is sorted. You know, this is what's about to happen. And then the Lord throws a curveball. And he's like, I've had to do that because you're not listening. You, you've taken your eye off the ball. And, and don't think that that comes in the, the shape of things that come into our life that we didn't want. That can also come into our life with things that we really want. And we get that thing. And we get where the Lord's got us to. And we think, yes. Let's hunker down here for a little bit. Now, why have I taken us there? Because you're all thinking, he's lost the plot. You're probably right. <laughs> Go back to Hebrews. And this is why this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. You think when you read that, you, you, well, maybe you've seen it. I, I certainly hadn't until a number of years ago. Listen to what it says about Abraham in verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Love that verse. He obeyed and he went, even though he had no idea where he was going. It takes my breath away. Because he was a man that was nowhere. He had no concept of God. He wasn't a Jew, quite the opposite. And God said, you're the man, Abraham. And Abraham listened, he obeyed, and he went, even though there was no plan, as far as he could see. Verse 8 is fantastic. Verse 8 is even better. Uh, verse 9 is even better. Listen to this. By faith, this is Abraham, a man of faith, he made his home in the promised land. Everything that God had promised, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger, he lived in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Hang on a minute. 
So everything that God has given, everything that he's promised, all that. And, and maybe, just maybe, Abraham had all of his hopes and dreams and desires. I don't know. Maybe he had all of that. Maybe he didn't. But the Bible tells me that even though he was in the promised land, he lived like a stranger in a foreign country. And he lived in tents. I've been talking about this now for the past couple of uh, weeks. It's been something that's been on my mind for the past three months. Um, and it's specifically about living open-handed. And tell me this is not saying the same thing. Everything that I look at, it's like the Lord's slapping me at the back of the head. Every time. And, and, and he's telling, telling us here, live open-handed. You're in the promised land. Look how wonderful it is. It's phenomenal. Let's sit here. Let's get comfy. Let's pull up the footstool. And let's enjoy what God's done. Well, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And faith tells me that God is bigger and better than what we could possibly think or imagine. Does uh, Paul not write that in Ephesians chapter 3? God of the immeasurably more. So when I think, we got this. When you think, look how wonderful it is. It's fantastic, isn't it? How good is God? All you lovely people. He's not finished yet. Don't get comfy. Do not get comfy. He has not finished yet. And when we see Abraham's faith, when we see it written down for us there, that even though he's in the promised land, he lives like a stranger. And, and the truth is, it then goes on to say that he lived in tents. And that's physically and metaphorically. Big word, I know. Uh, but 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 through 14 um, Peter tells us the same, that this is just a tent. It's temporary. It is completely and utterly temporary. And that can give a lot of us some hope because we think this is dropping to pieces and things go wrong with it. And we feel sad and hurt and worried about what the future holds. But the future holds, if we know and love our Lord Jesus Christ, the future holds that I'm going to see him face to face. That's what the future holds. And I don't cling too tightly to all this that I've got because we know that we're but a mist, aren't we? Aren't we? Aren't we? Aren't we? How hard is that to accept, though? Are we listening this morning to Abraham's faith speaking to us? He was in the promised land. He was in the promise. Everything was good, but his focus did not change because he didn't do this. Wow. Look at how good it is. Abraham knew this. He knew that his life was but a mist. He knew that he'd been called from nothing. He knew that he was a nobody from nowhere. And because of that, he fixed his, his eyes on the certainty and the promise of God that he was looking forward to, as the word tells us, to a city with foundations. If you want to do some further reading, Revelation chapter 21 is a great place to go to find that city with foundations. And all of this around us is temporary, not fixed, not certain. 
but it can quickly, can't it, take our focus. I won't ask you if anybody's in that same boat and focus might have shift, shifted um, because you're made of the same stuff as I am, so the answer is yes, um, it has. Um, but we can strive for the wrong things. And I promise you I'm talking from experience from my own life um, and our life as we li- uh, do as the Lord has called us to do. Abraham got it, um, and we can learn from his faith. But before I pray, I just want to put this to you. Um, I, I very rarely give homework. For good reason, it's, it's received like that. <laughs> no, but I, if, if you get time at some point over the next couple of weeks, just have a look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Do we want to please God? I'll ask you again. Do we want to please God? And the answer is definitely yes. And without faith, it says, it is impossible to please God. See what you find. But for us today, I want us to, or I'm going to pray for us, um, and I want us to focus on him and to think about this faith that he's called us to. Sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Let's just pray and ask the Lord that he might help us to keep our eyes fixed on him. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, we just want to thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for Abraham and his faith. And Lord, as it's recorded for us here in the hall of faith, as it were, we get to see just a glimpse of how he stood strong through thick and thin. Lord, we also know that he was a human being and he made many mistakes and they're recorded for us too. And Lord, they help us to grasp and to understand and to try and avoid similar pitfalls. We just pray, Lord God, that we might just hunker down into that knowing, that sureness and that certainty that our hope is steadfast and sure, that one day we will see our Saviour face to face and whatever life throws at us, whatever uh, gets put in front of us, that, Father God, we can stand firm on that promise. Lord, we, again, this morning, as we've already done, we tell you that we love you. But, Father, we only do that because you first loved us. Father, your word tells us that this is how we know what love is, that Christ died for us. And, Lord, we are here this morning because of that, that the Lord Jesus Christ would give his life for each one of us, that, Father, there on the cross, his blood was shed, His body was broken, and my sin was put upon him, and the full wrath of God was there satisfied. And Father, too, we know that the grave couldn't hold him, and we rejoice this morning that after three days he rose again, sin and death defeated, so that we can one day spend eternity with you as we put our faith and our trust in you. So Lord, just bless us now, encourage us, strengthen us, build us up in our faith, we pray. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.